Ukraine conflict has brought destruction and human sufferings. For over nearly six months, it has been linked to growing global food and energy crises. On several occasions, the U.S. has invested huge sums in military aid to Kyiv, now totaling over $7.6 billion. With no clear end in sight, why is Washington this invested in a fight across the globe it did not begin? One answer. The military-industrial complex. The military-industrial complex is the one that benefits from this. They clearly control the Biden administration. Warmongers on both sides in Washington have been drumming up these tensions. The military-industrial complex starts to make a ton of more money than than they have been in fighting uh, al-Qaeda or or making weapons for al-Qaeda. And who pays the price? The American people pay the price. The Ukrainian people pay, pay the price. The Russian people pay the price. It undermines our own national security. But the military-industrial complex that controls so many of our politicians wins, and they, they run to the bank. More than 60 years ago, former U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower coined the term when he warned against unchecked military might as he stepped down from office. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. Broadly, the term refers to the often comfortable relationship between government entities responsible for national security and businesses in the defense industry. Politicians get the weapons their fights require and a chance to further their political interests at home or abroad. While the defense companies are insured lucrative business deals often worth billions of dollars. In more blatant terms, it is war for profit. While not an American invention, it has come to define U.S. foreign policy ever since Eisenhower's warning. And stoking geopolitical tensions in the name of peacekeeping is big business. In 2020, then-President Donald Trump ordered the assassination of top Iranian general Qasem Soleimani. In the 24 hours after Soleimani's killing, the share value of the CEOs at the top five Pentagon contractors spiked by roughly $7 million as rumors of conflict spread. These top contractors, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Boeing, General Dynamics, and Northrop Grumman have all been on the Fortune 500 list of most valuable companies every single year since the first edition in 1955. In the aftermath of the attack on Soleimani, these five companies collectively earned nearly $36 billion in revenue in 2021 alone. So how exactly does this network operate? U.S. defense companies make most of their money from domestic sales to the country's gargantuan military. But America is also the largest arms exporter in the world. According to a report by the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, U.S. weapons exports grew by 14% over a four-year period and accounted for 39% of all global sales from 2017 to 2021. Russia, its closest competitor, doesn't even account for half of that. 
The report also shows U.S. exports increasing to Europe by nearly 20% in the same period. With the start of the Russia-Ukraine conflict, exports due to rise even more. Companies like Raytheon bid on defense contracts from the Pentagon, with all domestic and foreign sales requiring approval by Congress. Basically, we're out of money, and so that's why today, in order to sustain Ukraine as it as it continues to fight, I'm sending Congress a supplemental budget request. It's going to keep weapons and ammunition flowing without interruption to the brave Ukrainian fighters. As a result, these firms have adopted a multi-pronged approach to try and get as much support in Congress as possible. Public Citizen reveals the defense giants gave 10.2 million dollars to members of the House and Senate Armed Services Committees prior to their votes this June to increase overall defense spending. Subsequently, the committees voted to increase the Pentagon budget for the coming fiscal year by an additional 37.5 billion dollars in the House and 45 billion dollars in the Senate. The report illustrates that the majority of these campaign contributions went to members who voted to increase the Pentagon budget. What's more, a vote in favor could mean a contribution triple the size of a vote against. For most of the defense industry. Their biggest source of business is the Department of Defense, so they kind of live and die with the defense budget. As it increases, their revenue increases. As it decreases, their revenue decreases. If buying loyalty fails, they have another weapon in their strategic arsenal. One thing most lawmakers support is job creation in their home states. So many major U.S. firms spread their operations across as many states as possible. Take a look at the F-35 project by Lockheed Martin. According to their website, this warplane represents more than 254,000 jobs across 45 states. As divided as American politicians are these days, conflict is often one topic that receives broad bipartisan support in Congress. Lockheed Martin also uses subcontractors in at least 10 other countries. Not to mention the more than a dozen allied countries that have placed orders for the jet for militaries of their own. This one project represents hundreds of thousands of jobs and dollars, and is a masterclass in political engineering. It maximizes the number of politicians and clients that support their projects, regardless of political affiliation or merit. Due to a myriad of issues over the past 20 years. The F-35 planes have been called a waste of money, practically failures. But now, with the conflict in Ukraine, they're being billed as essential and precisely designed. This is just one example of how the military-industrial complex dictates U.S. domestic and foreign policy. When political involvement is so evidently reliant on economic clout, it begins to illustrate why America's wars last so long. If the U.S. war machine stops, it would be an economic and political disaster for Washington. Hundreds of thousands of Americans would be without jobs. The military-industrial complex would launch its own wars on Washington, and the United States' international relationships would be put to the ultimate test.